when I look at all the people in my life that have found deep purpose in their life, it usually started with deep work, started with meditation and other forms of transformation that are available and out there, different workshops and modalities and things that you guys talk about on the podcast all the time. So I want to preface that because it's not like I just had the idea for Expectful and that was it. Like I think a lot of things that happened before that are, are what actually caused the moment of inspiration and my ability to hone in on that. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right, everyone. We have something awesome here for you today. We are about to do a uh, interview with a good friend of ours. He's also the founder and CEO of a company called Expectful, which will tell us all about. Uh, his name is Mark Krasner. He also worked with us uh, one-on-one. So uh, first of all, Mark, welcome, buddy. Thanks for having me, fellas. Fun to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. So Mark, why don't you start by actually telling them a little bit about what you do, what you're passionate about, because um, it's a really, really amazing cause. Yeah. Um, so for, first of all, what Expectful is, is it's an app that makes it easy for women that are trying to conceive pregnant and new moms to meditate. And so if you're watching this and you're looking at me, you're looking at a relatively young guy, I'm 33. And then you start to wonder, oh, does this guy have a kid? right? Because he has this company for pregnant women. And then I would tell you, no, that the answer to that question is no, I don't. And then all of a sudden there's this huge pattern interrupt that happens where people are like, what is this 33 year old guy with no unmarried man with no kids doing with like a pregnancy company? There's there's a lot of curiosity around that. (laughs) And what I tell people is, is that, that I started the company because for a few reasons. And one of them is my relationship with my mom who struggle with anxiety and depression for most of her life and when I was growing up. And she's an incredible woman uh, who just went through a lot of trauma, who didn't always have the tools to show up exactly the way that she wanted when she was raising me. And uh, Elon and Guy, I know you are familiar and felt the ripple effects of the Holocaust, but my mom was raised in a family who was pretty traumatized by it. Mm. And uh, it just had such a huge effect on her life and her worldview. And when she was raising me, you know, there was just like, because her reality had a lot of trauma and scarcity and grief, that's sort of what matriculated into my reality for a long time. And it wasn't until I started meditating that I got a really good look under the hood and I realized, wow, there's like a lot of work to be done here to to have more of the life that I want to have. And sort of like, I'm sure you guys know the story about the two fish swimming around in the water, older fish swims by and in passing says, morning boys, how's the water? And then as the two fish swim on, one turns to the other and says, what the hell is water? And that was sort of, <laughs> sort of my life before meditation came along. And, and it, it laid this amazing foundation for some really significant transformation that took, took place in my life and continues to take place that, that really completely changed who I am in very fundamental ways. And 
one of the ways that it shifted my focus was it, it got me really present to what I wanted to be doing with my life and to having purpose and contributing, making an impact and things of that nature. And I actually started to get very frustrated. I had another business, um, but didn't feel very fulfilled by it and started looking for a place to channel that, that new desire, that passion to do something more than um, earn money, be good to a team and do something that really wasn't contributing in a super unique special way to the people around me or people in the world. And I knew that I wanted to do something in the space of meditation because it had such a huge impact on my life. I just didn't know exactly how that fit in. And I, I started doing research. I'm like, oh, imagine I had meditated when I was a kid. Imagine somebody introduced that to me and I was looking that up. And I really, I, I found some breadcrumbs of research on pregnancy in those searches. And I was like, oh, pregnancy is so cool. So interesting. What are people saying about this? And when I went to look it up online, there were like no resources. I mean, there were, but it was all garbage. It was a bunch of sites with very like crappy content on the topic that wouldn't really, didn't really talk about any of the science, uh, didn't really give any good advice. There's a bunch of cheesy YouTube meditations and things like that that are out there. And I just knew that there had to be more. So I went and I hired a PhD student and I had her look into all the available research on the subject of meditation during pregnancy right? What are people out there saying? How does, how does meditation affect pregnancy, a baby, motherhood, all these things? And also how does stress and anxiety affect pregnancy? What are people saying about that? There's got to be something there. And I got the research back and it showed that there's this really healthy body of research, uh, a small body, but a healthy body that shows that meditation does all these amazing things for a pregnancy. Like it increase, it decreases the chance of preterm birth, uh, decreases the chance of the postpartum depression. It increases a woman's tolerance for discomfort and pain. It's a really long list of uh, great things that meditation could do to just create a healthier, happier pregnancy and a healthier, happier baby and motherhood journey. And also later on, I found research that shows it can help with fertility as well, which is why we launched into um, a fertility platform. But what really grabbed me when I, I was reading the research was the stuff on stress and anxiety and how that can affect the baby. And I was reading about how really high levels of stress and anxiety uh, could lead to all sorts of things like ADHD, asthma, hypertension, diabetes, substance abuse, obesity, heart disease, just a long list of depression, uh, increased chance of depression, all these, all these different things get upregulated, P basically things people are really scared of. And if you happen to be a mom listening to this or you're pregnant right now, don't worry. This is stuff on really high levels of stress, right? But the point is, is this stuff has a huge effect on the baby. And, and what I realized was, and actually I first learned about it through the research, because when people were writing about the, the effects of stress and anxiety, they were writing like, hey, more needs to be done about this. Mm -hmm. You know, there needs to be more intervention. I'm like, oh, I wonder what people are doing. And I went and I looked to see what are doctors doing when a woman conceives her mind plays such a significant role in the baby's life. Like how are doctors addressing that? All the, there's all this focus on the body. And I found that really there's almost nothing that gets done except for some if you're lucky, screening for postpartum depression. Wow. And so there's really no tools out there for it. And that really, really, really hit home for me because I have ADHD and I really struggle with that throughout my academic career. And I grew up thinking that I'd have a blue collar job, not because there's anything wrong with that, because I didn't think I'd have any other options available to me when I, when I graduated. And so, you know, I was just thinking like, wow, imagine that mom, imagine somebody went to my mother and said, Hey, Meditation is this tool that can help you give your baby a better start in life and can make your pregnancy easier. And here's something that, to make it really easy for you. I recommend it, right? Imagine she started, the first thought was, oh, maybe I wouldn't have ADHD. Mm. And then the thought right after that was, whoa, like meditation was such a huge agent of change in my life. I got into it because I was going through a rough breakup a few years ago, right? 
And it was like, there was something that happened. There was a big life moment that had me meditate, right? There was a real incentive during that time because I was suffering so much, hoping it would help. It did. Um, and so maybe pregnancy would have been the thing that got my mom to develop a regular meditation practice. And maybe meditation would have been a huge agent of change in her life. Like it wasn't mine. Yeah. And then the third thought is, is like, whoa, what if like I grew up with a mom who was had a meditation practice was, you know, just more mindful and present and things of that nature. Again, my mom's an incredible woman, but meditation gives anybody the tools to show up in the world more of the way, more of the way that they want to. So I had that realization. I was thinking about that and I realized that there was just this huge gap in the market, both from, in terms of like a meditation offering for pregnant women, but also in my mental health for the entire reproductive journey and decided to start Expectful. Uh, which is a really science-based brand. So we're, we're direct to customer, but we take all the science that I mentioned and more, and we put it on the site in really relatable ways for people so they can understand the benefits that this has for them. So it's not just, it's completely despiritualized, right? It's all about the, the scientifically proven benefits and the emotional benefits. Again, not spiritual, but meditation helps you connect with your baby and connect with your partner and things of that nature. And we promote those things. And what's, what's cool about what we created and what I'm really proud about is that now, because of what we've done with the science, you actually have Western doctors who are getting on board with this. Yeah. And we have brochures in their offices and they're recommending it to their patients. So if you walk into New York City's busiest ultrasound unit in Mount Sinai Hospital, it's to their, yeah, to their ultrasound, there's literally expectful brochures sitting there right when you walk in and it's in their patient packets. So now women are coming in and meditation's being recommended. And it's the same thing with doctors. We have a bunch of them all over the United States who are now recommending this, which is pretty cool. So it's our goal and simple idea to make meditation as common as prenatal vitamins within the next five years uh, with, with what we've created. That's a heck of a mission, buddy. Yeah, Thanks, bud. That's amazing. I just want to define one thing. So just to make sure that I'm clear and everyone else is clear, when you yeah. say up, upregulate, you're talking about uh, turning on and off genes. I, I've read like uh, Dispenza's work, Joe Dispenza's work, he uses upregulate and downregulate as terminology for like turning like genes on and off in the body. Actually, it's a good thing you bring up because that's not why I said it. And there's all this research that shows that what happens when a baby's gestating, when it's, it's in the mother's womb, and its first three years of life, up to seven, it has a significant, but three especially, all the epigenetic markers in the baby are like really up for grabs, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you guys are familiar. You probably talked about it on the podcast before, how our genes are our genes, but our epi, epigenome constantly changing, especially during pregnancy and early childhood. And all the research shows that what goes on emotionally with a woman will actually can completely rewire or change or shift the genetic structure either way, right? So it, it can work against a child and a mom if it's, there's a lot of stress, but it all could also work really positively. And you could actually reverse a lot of things that families have carried for generations uh, if, the, if the right conditions happen in, in prenatal care, both with nutrition and with the mind and the emotions that a woman's feeling. During so life. I have a couple of questions in two, two different directions. The first is yeah. what have you already noticed from people being on this platform? I'm sure mothers are writing you guys in all the time and, uh, and sending you guys testimonials and things like that. So I know there's, there's the science stuff behind it, but like for you, I know you got into this, for the emotional and personal side and, and actually making that kind of profound impact on these moms and, and their babies. So what have you actually seen from the users of Expectful? Got it. Yeah. Well, let me share that. But before I dive in, there's probably a gap that's existing in the listener's minds, right? Because 
I'm like, oh, Expectful is an app for that's meditation for pregnant and new moms. So let's let me get a little bit more specific on that, and then I'll sure. I'll, I'll share the effect that it has. So what what the app is is it's try it's fertility trimester specific and motherhood specific guided meditations. What we did is we we got with a team of hypnotherapists, a psychologist, meditation experts, and a woman Viet with the most beautiful voice, and a sound engineer, and we created these like world class meditations that are completely contextualized to a woman's journey wherever she is in the reproductive cycle, right? So for example, if you click on the third trimester library, there are meditations there to prepare for birth, to connect with the baby. If you're in labor uh, to listen to, uh, to help you go to sleep at night and, and everything's available in 10 to 20 minute format and just completely relates to all the physical and mental changes that somebody's experiencing at that specific time, right? And so there are a lot of meditations, meditation apps out there, but none of them are that focused on exactly what's going on in that sure. woman's life. So, and I would love to hear an example of how to, how to, so how does that differentiate from what people know as like, you know, typical meditative practices? Like what, how do you aim it specifically at someone in that situation? Yeah. So one, we have videos that are, that share trimester specific guided meditations. But aside from that, it would be like um, a third trimester guided meditation um, for connecting with your baby. And so within that, we're talking about a lot of the common feelings that'll come up with or likely to come up with somebody during that time and the desires um, during that period. So we'll talk about the third trimester within it. We'll talk about the changes in the baby. We'll talk about the changes in a woman's body, maybe changes in her relationship that are likely to take place, common fears that she might have to help unlock those for her and to normalize those things uh, would be would be just one example of, of something we do that's highly specific. Um, you know, we have another one visualizing meeting your baby. Hmm. Uh, every, everything speaks to the woman's experience. And for example, in your se- late, late second trimester and third trimester, you're not supposed to lie flat on your back. So every meditation is like, Oh, in this third trimester meditation, make sure that you're not lying, taking care not to lie flat on your back and things of that nature. So everything that happens, talk, we talk about what, th- what happens if the baby kicks, you know, that you could be with that and then come back to the meditation. So everything's totally contextualized to the experience. And Elon, to go back to your question about what's happening with women on the platform it's, it's been amazing. We actually have two members of the team. So the, so the way this started, first, let me preface this, is, again, I'm a, I'm a 33-year-old unmarried man with no children. <laughs> so I had this idea and then quickly surrounded myself with incredible strong women, right, who, who helped me create this. So a lot of people participated in, in as I just planted the seed and do my best to water it, but there are a lot of other resources that come in and help grow this thing. So uh, I got with a, a team of hypnotherapists and a bunch of people that I mentioned to create the, our first eight meditations and then put out a beta. We put out a beta, a free beta for uh, up to 30 pregnant women, a group of 30 pregnant women that wanted to try them and give us their feedback. And so a bunch of the women gave us amazing feedback, had great experiences, two ended up actually joining the team after they gave birth ha. because they had such transformative experiences. So the first is Anna. She's our community guide and editorial lead just such an incredible human being who talks about, uh, she does like a lot of interviews too. She has an amazing story, but she talked about how a friend recommended expectful to her the day after she'd lost her job and she was starting to fall into a deep depression and decided to try it, hoping that it would help her because she knew that the stress and feelings of sadness probably weren't very good for a child. And mm. she was saying like her, her story is, is like her, her experience of pregnancy completely turned around to the point that it was actually much better than it was before she'd even, lost her job. And then talks about how afterwards, after she had the child, she realized five days into her um, motherhood journey that she was experiencing postpartum depression and also realized she hadn't meditated since the child was born, which is very normal. Yeah. Uh, and the 
postpartum uh, depression lasted for some time, but she feels like meditation is the thing that actually got her out of that hole through that. And then there's also Deanna, our head of social media, who's incredible. She built up her Instagram channel really well. And she's on the team, just such a like cherished member who also, same thing, meditated with us during her pregnancy. It was a, we were a core part of um, what she was doing pre, for prenatal care. We developed a relationship with her and she came on and joined the team as well. But that's just two that, that we happen to have found in the beginning when our product was just a shadow of what it is now. And yeah, today we get tons of emails and messages. Uh, Anna specifically, a lot of people reach out to her. She's a community guide and we just get the most amazing feedback about people that were able to connect with their baby or people that conceived after years of trying that weren't able yeah. to. And yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's so, not, that's the best part of this whole thing. It's like seeing how many people meditated in a given week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Oh, such a good feeling. Yeah. I, I, um, so I've known Mark for, for a few years now. We've actually worked together. And I remember when we first met, this was just basically like a, an idea. Um, and I've kind of seen the journey of what it's taken to put something together. And I think a lot of listeners on our podcast have ideas, you know, whether they want to start an app or want to start a business or things like that. And, um, you know, Expectful is in a very different place than it was two, three years ago. That's for sure. <laughs> and, yeah. And I think it's, I would love for you just to share, you know, like one or two stories and nuggets about the journey of, cause you were an entrepreneur even before he owned, he owned another successful company. It just wasn't lighting him up on a, yeah. on a soul level. Like it wasn't any, anything that was fulfilling you. Um, so I'd love to share, you know, like one or two stories or, or things that you learned kind of along the way. Uh, so for those that are listening that are either in that process right now or thinking about that process, cause I think for everyone, it's always the same. It's just really interesting to hear these stories. Yeah, totally. Thanks for asking. First off, the reason that Elon has been so close to this journey is because I started, we were, we were like buds, like acquaintances. And I was going through a rough breakup about two years ago. And I was like, yo, Elon, coach me, dude. <laughs> I need your help, man. This sucks. Help me out. You got this amazing life. And uh, we got to know each other super well. So Elon has been like really close to the infancy of that journey because Expectful was already just starting to take its baby yeah. step. And, and if I could just add a little bit to that story. So yeah. Have It All actually was a creation a lot due to Mark and a conversation that we had and then an experience that we had. And it was just like, it just clicked. So yeah. Yeah. You're, well, you're let me take a second too. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Let me take a second to honor you because for your listeners, the reason that I wanted to work with Elon was because, you know, before all the branding and, and everything, I, I said to him, I was like, you know, there's so few people in my life that I know that have every single important area they're like super dialed in, right? Uh, there are a lot of people I know that they crush it at business, but their relationship sucks or they have their health, but their finances are just in shambles, right? Or it's, it's not at a high level. And I looked at you as somebody before you were even really big and I think you had one other, one other client at that point, yeah. I was just like, wow, like you're, you really do have it all. And guy, you as well, man, like you guys just every area of your life fires at such a high level that I really wanted to work, work with you. So anyway, all that to say, I'm like, just so pumped to be on the podcast, which I listen to all the time and <laughs> love you guys so much. Long time uh, listener, first time caller. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and the feeling is mutual. Mark was actually just out here in San Diego like a week ago, basically. 
spending time together. We, I think from the moment we all met, we just felt like brother from another mother. Uh, yeah. We're thinking we, we have adoption papers out there, but there's a, there's a serious custody battle right now. Um, but we'll get him. We'll get him. Uh, um, okay, so oh, anyway, journey. My journey, my journey. So, uh, yeah, I mentioned, I'm, I, you know, one of the things that's interesting is I think that the level of frustration and borderline anger that I experienced at not having an outlet for the passion I had to like give back was such a good thing mm. because it's, I think ultimately what drove this thing to come out of me, you know, and co- combine that with like some really deep work that I'd been doing during that time also transformational work. So you know, I don't know if like finding your, there's two questions. Like, how did you build a business? And the question you didn't ask is like, how did you find your purpose? Cause I'm so lit up by what I do. Yeah. Right? And so to answer the question that you didn't ask about purpose is I think that I know a lot of people who struggle with that. They're like, they want to do something. They don't even know what it is before even getting started. Like they don't even know where to start because they, and so I think when I, when I look at all the people in my life that have found deep purpose in their life, it usually started with deep work started yeah, with meditation totally. and other forms of transformation that are available and out there, different workshops and modalities and things that you guys talk about on the podcast all the time. So I just want to, I want to preface that because it's not like I just had the idea for expectful and that was it. Like I think a lot of things that happened before that are, are what actually caused the, the moment of inspiration and my ability to hone in on that. But to answer your question of, Oh, once I had the idea and I knew that it was something that I wanted to do, I, I really, I, I've spoke to a group of uh, meditation, meditation teachers that were graduating two weeks ago about this. Actually, it's, it's a matter of really just putting one foot in front of the other, Mm. right? Instead of like, it's so easy to get caught up in, oh, what do I have to do in 10, you know, 10 steps from now? What's that going to look like? So a lot of people see Expectful, for example, and they're like, wow, they have this customized iOS app and a web app and they have 50,000 Instagram followers. And, you know, like there's all this, all this stuff happening with Expectful. All these people are promoting it and talking, whatever. Right. And so you look at that and that could be really overwhelming, right? Exactly. But when I started, it was like, oh, I have this idea. What do, I, what do I do next? What's that next step that I take? And so for me, it was like, well, how do I create a really amazing guided meditation for a pregnant woman? Ultimately, that's a product, right? It's the, the app isn't the product. That's just the delivery method. So how do we create an amazing product? How do we create an amazing meditation that's better than anybody else's? And so I spent hours and hours and hours and hours on, you know, that week between Christmas and New Year's where it's yep. like, you know, if you don't have no one does shit yeah, nobody does anything or they're on vacation. And if you're not like nobody's around, your social circles just like evaporates. So I took that time and hunkered down and I just listened to hours and hours of guided meditations and I transcribed them into spreadsheets wow. and, and each cell in the spreadsheet was, uh, like each row was a meditation and each, or sorry, each column was a meditation and each cell in a column was a part of the meditation. So if you listen to a guided, they have closing your eyes and getting comfortable or finding yeah. a comfortable position. Some will say then focus on your breath or focus on the sounds in the room, focus on sensations in your body, um, things like this. Closing the meditation. If you've lost your thought, come back, whatever, whatever, right? And so every cell in the column was a different part of the meditation, right? And I listened to them and I was like, why? You know, I was doing that, looking at, looking at the language. I'm like, why are some of these good and some of these phenomenal? right? Why do, these, why do I really feel some of these and the others I don't feel connected with? And I explored that. And what I found is, is that the best meditations use sort of like an NLP type of format, right? Mm. And the main distinction is, is that and we're, we're getting off on all tangents. So I'll bring it right back oh, after this. But no, this is super interesting. Yeah. The, the, the main distinction is, is that when somebody's um, 
when somebody's listening to a meditation, uh, when, when somebody's guiding a meditation, somebody who's okay would say, take a deep breath in. And somebody who's skillful will say, breathing in deeply. And the difference between those two things is a command and, or a suggestion. Yeah. Right. And so when somebody's getting a command, what I'm reasoning is, and the reason that it doesn't resonate as well is because your mind has to think, will I do this or won't I do this? Even if you want to, even if you're totally bought into the meditation, that's what the mind does. Yes or no. Right. When there's just a suggestion and there's no answer necessary, it allows the mind to drop deeper into the, into better levels. Right. And so that, there were a few other things like the syntax of the, the way words were used, but it's basically a very like NLP type of hypnotic languaging that people were using, whether or not they, they were conscious of it. Like women like Tara Brock, if you're familiar with, she has amazing guided meditations, did that all the time. Um, so I, again, I don't know if Tara or uh, John Kabat-Zinn, who's another very famous meditation teacher, they were doing these things and they all seem to have it in common. But again, I don't, I don't know if it was intentional or just something that they were doing from their gestalt or whatever. That, that would be a really interesting question. Like why oh, yeah. do you use to say this word? You know, is it unconscious or conscious? That would be fascinating. Totally. So, yeah. But anyway, so let me get back to your question, yeah. right? So that's something I did, but that was the first step, right? And it was like, oh, there's this, form, okay, there's this thing that I see. And the second step was how do I create this, right? Because I, I codified it. I tried to write them. I couldn't do it. So then it was like, oh, what, what do I do? And I, I eventually, after like trying a few different methods, reached out to a hypnotherapist that I'd worked with to do some personal work with my, on myself. And I was like, hey, can you help me with this? And he's like, yeah, I have a pregnant colleague. He brought her in. And they created the first set of meditations mm. that we then, and then it was like, okay, cool. We have these really cool meditation scripts. Uh, how do we find the person to record it? Like, who's the perfect voice? And I interviewed a bunch of people and tapped my whole network to ask and finally found this amazing meditation teacher and artist and just incredible woman, Biat Simkin. If you have a chance, definitely check her out. She's awesome. And we got her to do the recordings. Then we had to find a sound engineer. And then we had to find a place to host the content online so women could try it in a beta, right? But you're with me, right? It's like, these are all steps, but I didn't focus on finding the sound engineer before I had the meditation scripts written, you know? Just like I didn't focus on building our Instagram channel till like we had a website up and a few users, you know? Yeah. So it's really just a matter of like putting one foot in front of the other and also a deep commitment to not letting anything stop me. So yeah. there were challenging things that came up along the way. Like we needed funding, things like that, you know? But it was never a question of like, will I do this or what? It was just like, no, this is getting done. Like this is already done in my mind. I think is another big factor. It's like just making that commitment to always tackle whatever arises in that next step. So I wanted to show the, the listeners for those that, that can actually uh, see this right now. <laughs> and this is something that I have written on a post-it that I keep on my computer. For those that are listening and can't see, it says focus on the sin single, not the home run. Um, and to Mark's point, I think what a lot of people do in anything in life, it's, it doesn't matter. Business is just a great avenue of it. But um, in anything in life, what we tend to do is we tend to look 10 steps ahead. Uh, we do this a lot in relationships too. You know, it's something's happening in the relationship. You're not even present in the relationship. You're 10 steps like, oh my God, what if this happens? And then your brain just does this, what, what the brain does. And I think, Mark, what you just said is so important for people to understand um, that the most important thing that you have to know is that no matter what happens, you're going to go through this that there's no option to turn around and stop. 
Um, when Guy and I were starting our business, for example, you know, we did like a scorched earth policy. I don't remember the the sailor's name. I always forget his name. I should probably know it by now. But the guy that like Velasquez. There's a sailor. The, the guy. The guy that. <laughs> the guy that told him to uh, burn the boats. Oh. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, yeah. So some French. We're not. We're not going home. Basically. I think it's maybe Cortez or something like that's that. Not, that sounds right. We'll go with that. We'll go with Cortez. Well, you know, so, what? Uh, we can give him like a Jewish name so we can really align like Cortezovich, Cortezovich, Cortezman, <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, so, you know, I, I think to Mark's point, you know, that in everyone's journey, no matter what your journey is, there's a million times that it makes sense to quit. In fact, it makes more sense to quit than keep going, I should say. And the only successful people I've ever met are those that that the vision of what they're creating is so important to them that they're willing to go through no matter what the pain, no matter what the circumstances, um, they just keep moving forward. And and I think Mark uh, spoke beautifully to that. Yeah, I like I, that. Yeah, guy, please. Yeah, I, I just want to say like 40 minutes ago, I got off a uh, training. We train this community of entrepreneurs, like this global community of entrepreneurs, and we do it like three times a week. So, and the last thing I said was exactly that. I said, have a have a long-term vision. Like, I think it's really important to like raise your gaze up and just have that long-term vision. Because also if you know where you're going in the long-term, like the choices you make in the present moment aren't necessarily that stuff that's going to benefit you right now. It's stuff that's going to benefit you down the road with whether it's like putting off telling someone to like work with you right now, because it might be a better fit down the road. And a lot of people, they have like 30 day visions. They want to get everything done like right, right, right now. And then you're making these really bad decisions. And I agree it's like have that plan and then just start focusing on like the inch in front of you, the inch in front of you, the inch in front of you. Uh, I've been saying for a long time, if you want to travel a mile, it's like, I don't know, like 63,360 inches. It's like, you're going to have to cover every one of those inches with like extreme amount of focus. And then like, you're going to travel that mile and it's going to feel really good. Otherwise I, I do think you tend to do things out of integrity. You know, you kind of like step on people, you build shitty relationships and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's great advice. Yeah, I'm totally with that. I want to also speak to that, the, the piece about the commi- the level of commitment. I was getting a, getting dinner with a good friend this past Sunday and he's an investor in the company and we were talking and he was telling me that like a week, but all of a sudden he was like, Hey Mark, we were just, we were eating one day, like similar to the time we were on Sunday. And he's like, you know, what's up with Expectful? Can I invest? I want to put money in. And he was telling me the reason he did it is because about like a week before he'd hit me up, we were getting in a workout and I had just had uh, $500,000 in funding fall through, right? Like we thought it was coming in. It didn't, it was like a really tough blow. And he was just like, dude, like what, like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? He was like, are you going to shut the company down? And I just like, he was saying that like the way that I respond to him, it was like quitting wasn't even something in my field. You know, the way that I responded was just like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep going, you know, like I'll figure it out. And he was saying it's that. So I I think aside from making the commitment, there's also like an energetic thing that happens with the people around you that people can feel your level of commitment to something. Because when you're building something, you need people around you to believe in you. You need people to join your team. You need people to see something before it's even there. And I think that level of commitment, not just doesn't just help you get through the tough times, but it what it's what brings other people in and gets them around you and gets them like rallied and excited around the cause. You know, exactly. Yeah, so, so well said. So, with with all of that, um, for you personally, 
Because I know entrepreneurship is just such a mega, you were even talking about it, like doing the deep work and stuff like that. What's been transpiring in your life and what's been opening up for you out of taking on this, uh, this goal and mission? Oh my God, dude. I don't even know where to start. I mean, my whole life is transformed because of it uh, in a pretty significant way. There's just like on a personal level, there's just been a greater sense of fulfillment, a sense of greater self-expression a sense of confidence, a sense of like a new fire that did, didn't exist before working on a team. Like I, I can't even fathom working on a team where the goal is making money anymore huh. to, see, to see how the team shows up on something where everybody, the two women on the team that I mentioned, we have a, a developer whose mom is a midwife and our ops person put a PhD program on hold where she was studying to, to come work for us, she's studying uh, pregnancy and eating disorders, right? So like everybody on the team is like super like in this, you know? And it's just been like the most amazing thing to make that switch from like chasing money to like chasing like fulfillment and adding value and purpose. And that, that switch has just led, it's been so significant to the people that I'm around, the, just the way that I show up in the world and it shifted everything to be doing something like this. Yeah. Incredible. Bro, bro, did you want to say something? Yeah. I mean, I, I just to, to boast that up, I mean, for us too, right? Like the business has been the biggest shift I've ever made in my entire life. I think there's, I think the biggest gift for any human is to start serving other people and mm-hmm. what that does for your personal belief, for how you believe you're valuable in the world. Like everybody wants to be valuable. Everybody wants love how we get those things is by giving those things. And it's like your business can be an expression of your passion and your love and your creativity and your self-expression and all those things. And obviously for those who heard Mark's story early on, like you get this thing could not be closer to his heart. Uh, And for us, our business is the same way. I think that's the beauty of 21st century business is that it doesn't have to be about fucking money. Hmm. It can, it, it can be about just giving value and, it's like, just don't even be attached. But like the byproduct of giving value is reciprocity and reciprocity comes in value in all sorts of ways. You know, sometimes it comes as relationships. Sometimes it comes as money. Sometimes it comes as opportunities. Like you just don't know. I know though, that people who I see who are doing what Mark's doing, do what we're doing. We know a lot of people who are like have passion-based businesses. It's like the opportunities that open up the space that opens up in your life. The relationships that open up in your life is amazing. And I think what's beautiful specifically about a business uh, is that it's a measuring stick. It's a measuring stick for like your own growth because you start seeing that it's like my growth and the business growth is so correlated to one another. And most people don't have a measuring stick in life. They have like the quality of their relationships, but that's super abstract and very, you know, subjective type of point of view. But like a business, if it's growing, if it's impacting more people, that's because you've grown and you're impacting more people. And I think that's the beauty of it. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's this qualitative, quantitative way of measuring the success of who you're becoming. It's beautiful. Mm. What's been the biggest difference between starting this business and, and your previous business? Purpose. You know, it just goes right back to purpose. The first one just came from a completely different place. You know, the first one was, like, oh, I read the four-hour work week. Like, <laughs> whoa, this is so cool. You know, like... Uh, but it was amazing. It was perfect. You know, it was absolutely perfect. I, it was the right business for that time in my life. There's nothing wrong with it. It's great, great business. You know, we did great things like employ a team of seven moms that wanted the opportunity to work from home to run, run this business in the medical device space. And, um, 
yeah, it's just been this really interesting journey actually before I started that. So the, the, uh, my first job out of college was, uh, selling medical devices, high-end orthopedic devices to, to surgeons in the city. And I was doing that. And for a while, that was like the perfect thing for me. You know, I had a great time, was like really happy. Like on, I was fulfilled on every level personally for where I was in my life at that time. And then I'd started my first business on the side and just started to have it build up. And I found this new passion and suddenly I was at work at my first job and I actually started getting panic attacks. Wow. And I went and I, there were a few times that I went and found bathrooms in the hospitals that I'd call on and I would, I would lock myself in the ones with like single, you just walk in and there's nobody else. You could just lock it and you have a room to yourself, a bathroom to yourself and I would, there were a few times I had to go and like lock myself in and just sit up against the wall, breathing heavily. And I, I couldn't figure out why, you know, it's like, what, what's going on here? And I just had like all these insecurities that I, I never had in my life. And just, it, it was a really tough time. And one day I was, I was in uh, Rio for a wedding and I was running down the Esplanade by the beach. And I just had this moment where I paused and I was like, well, I got to quit my job. Wow. And as soon as I quit my job, every insecurity, the panic attacks that I was having just disappeared completely. And because I knew at that point in time, the right path for me and the true path for me was the business that I had started, right? This mm -hmm. medical, medical device business. And, you know, so, sort of the same exact thing with the medical device business, you know, it's like, it was very, very, very fulfilling for a while. It really helped me. I would have never been in a position to run Expectful. If I hadn't started, I wouldn't have known you guys. I wouldn't have the opportunity to meet uh, and a million other amazing people. Like I just never, I wouldn't have had the tools to do it. And so it was like the, the perfect thing for that time. And then this new hunger came up, you know, this new thing came and, you know, it was time for, for that other business to depart and it was time to step into something new and, you know, Expectful is my passion, but who knows what, you know, who knows what the future holds and it's sort of just the cycle of things, you know, you can't get too attached to to where you're at. It, it's so, it's so amazing. So we, we just released this new training. We've tried to boil down in the best way that we can, like the five pillars that we believe one must have to have, have it all life. And one of them is all about switching to the right guidance system. And that's, you know, switching from your head basically to your heart and having your heart kind of be the thing that guides you. And you're saying this story, you know, like you're having panic attacks, you're running on the beach, all of a sudden it's like inspired thought, got to quit my job. Makes no logical sense. Great job, this and that. And something like out, you start this other business and it's going great and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you, you get like hit with this idea. I'm going to go help pregnant women meditate and like you said at the beginning of the story, you're a single man that doesn't have kids. And it's just like, where does that stuff come from? And what Mark does and has been doing incredibly well for, for all the time that I've known him, you really trust your intuition and you really lean into even when it doesn't make sense. Um, mm. I, I remember calls, you know, coaching calls with you and like you'd walk into a room and you're like, I just know I need to be in this room. And like, you didn't even know why you're like, I just need to go to this meeting. And then you would end up meeting like the perfect person there that would connect you to some other perfect person. And like it, your, your life has always been, uh, once you threw out the oars, uh, in flow in a very, very beautiful way. And it just, it just speaks volumes to, to what you've been able to do. 
Thanks, man. I, I got to say, though, that um, I really appreciate that. And there are times when it's in flow. And then there are other times, I heard this amazing saying, it was like, there are two ways to escape, or there's, there's two times you could start running from a lion. One where you hear its roar from like two miles away, and another when you smell its breath. You know? <laughs> and so I've certainly, or there's another one that's like, don't worry if you miss a sign, they'll get bigger. Oh yeah, they get bigger. <laughs> so it's like, yes, there have been totally times where I'm totally in my intuition and I'm like going with it and just like getting these hits from the universe and making a left because for no rational reason, but I'm doing it. And then there have been other times where I'm totally logical in my head, yeah. right? And I'm like going down the path I, I think, not feel I should be going down. And in, inevitably that line gets way closer than I wanted to before I make the shift. So like there are definitely these. So, so to yeah. that point, to that yeah. point, because this is really good for listeners to hear. I think every human does both. I, I think mostly people just listen to their head because they're unconscious that they have another guidance system. Like you actually know that you have this other guidance system. Totally. Yeah. In your, and this is not like a scientific opinion or anything, but like, but in your life experience, which guidance system has provided you with way better results? Is this a rhetorical question? <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, just, it wasn't so much a question as a statement of fact. It's like, <laughs> maybe for the first time listener out there, you know, um, anyway, yeah, like totally my intuition, like every single time, yeah. every time. Yeah. Like Even when heart. it doesn't make sense. That, that's the thing that I, I really want to drive home. Like yeah. most of the time when you get these inspired thoughts, I would venture to say that the thought pattern after that inspired feeling is terror, is just sheer and utter like everything gets thrown at you. Like this doesn't make sense. Why would you do this? This is committing suicide. Like this is the worst thing you could possibly do because it comes from this other place that the mind doesn't really want you to start listening to. It, it does that thing to you every single time. And yet you, you even said like the one thing, you know, all trial and tribulations and all this stuff that happens. And yet, you know, that this thing was the one that put you on this path. And this thing is going to constantly try to take you off the path. And you just keep bringing your trust and faith and all that stuff back to that initial kind of like inspired thought and then just going through whatever comes your way. Yeah. And all the people that in my life that are up to stuff that are living like these fulfilled lives where you, you look at them and you're like, this person is unleashed. They are living. I think that thinking a lot, that's like the key sort of that key determinant, I think between a person who's just not fully living, yep. you know, they're not fully engaging all those 37.2 trillion cells you know, there's something big missing that's off the table. Yep. Uh, is that like, are they really listening to their deeper self or are they just going with their mind, with their shoulds, the, the thing I should be doing? You know, that's a great, greatest regret of the dying. We were spoke about that. Yeah, number one. Yeah. Like, I wish I had lived life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. It's like the most common trap that we could fall into as human beings, you know? And I think that's why the most inspiring lives are the people who do like the opposite of that. That's um, why we look up to them. You know, I mean, exactly. look, like the, the person yeah. changing the planet today, I think single-handedly more than any other human being is Elon Musk. Mm, yes. um, and he has literally gone against every notion and thought that every other human being before him, very smart people before him, uh, came up against. And, you know, there's so many stories about what the world and companies have tried to do to 
quiet him and end him and all that stuff. And, you know, here he is. Mm -hmm. I want to just interject real quick. So, yeah, I I think, you know, the beautiful part about leaning into that part of yourself and just saying yes to that fear. It's not, you know, like I even wrote a piece today about there's, there's nothing to overcome in the biomechanical system of the body. Like whatever is in there, people, it's in there. Like, like fear is not going anywhere. Sadness is not going anywhere. Overwhelmed frustration, it's not going anywhere. So your choices are fight against it or, you know, like love it. Because every part, to, every part of you wants what you want, which is to be listened to and to be loved. So it's like when you can start using that energy and those parts of you that you feel shouldn't be there, you mm-hmm. get to lean in to those parts and get to know them like intimately like you would any relationship. And then you start seeing, oh, this isn't just a one-sided thing. My fear does play a role in fact, and my fear shows me where to go, you know? And it's like, as you start leaning into that, I think what you start getting like with any level of mastery is you get uh, intuition. You don't understand intuition because intuition is not logical. But if like, I've been playing tennis for seven, 10 years, I'm sure Elon can say that too. Like he has intuition about where the ball is going. The best like Federer knows where the ball is going. And if you ever watch Federer, he looks like he's effortlessly flying across the court. Like he's gliding. Everyone else is running because he just knows how to position himself well. So he's got this intuition. And you can't explain that to somebody who has an experience leaning into fear about having intuition about your fear, about how it's really your guidance system. However, as you do that, I believe you start creating a sensation in the body that starts separating and segmenting you know, these parts of ourselves into a lot of different opportunities, like possibilities where before it's like fear occurs as one possibility. I'm going to fucking die. This is so uncomfortable. And suddenly it's like, Oh, there's all this other access into fear. There's all this other access into sadness. And there's all this other access into feeling my emotions. And I think the more that you do that, you're actually retraining the brain to not have to apply logic and figure things out. Like it's some formula and it starts and you can start creating and like trusting just giving things into the field and allowing them to rise as they do because you see that every time you do that, that things end up better than you could have ever imagined anyway, even if in the short term, it sucks ass. It's like if you're just willing to stay with the suck ass for a little bit of time, the, what's on the opposite side of that is always just like so much better than you could have imagined. And I just think most people haven't even taken like one leap in their life to choose that and be like, all right, I'm just going to stand here until things are fucking awesome. And even if they're not awesome, I'm not even attached to that. But I'm going to stand here anyway. And I'm going to deal with this thing in a really powerful, beautiful way and not have to use guilt, shame, you know, all these tools that we use on ourselves. And, and I think for people who are inspiring figures are the ones who've built that capacity and that muscle to just stand in that where other people are just scared shitless. And then they yeah. hop back into the little turtle caves. Thanks, man. I want to share one more thing before we part ways. I was going to say final thoughts. Well, I want to share something. I want to thank you both for something that uh, this realization I had that you really like helps. It was like an experience of it. So <laughs> when you guys back, got back from Columbia, especially like you, all right, the stuff that you share on this podcast, you're not going to hear everywhere, right? You're certainly following that, like, forget what how people think you should act. I'm just going to do what comes naturally to me. And you guys really, I commend you for putting yourselves out there. And you're sharing stuff that people would think sometimes is like weird or out there or that, you know, you might be judged for. Right. And clear. I just, yeah. And I, I remember listening to a podcast, uh, a few of your podcasts, especially, again, especially after Columbia, cause you guys were just like, like, <laughs> like you guys were saying some really out there stuff, which was awesome. And I was listening to it and I'm like, I had this moment where I'm like, it doesn't even matter 
like people, it doesn't even matter what you were saying because you could feel it. Mm. And I think that even if somebody was listening to that and they're like, the stuff that they're saying is like, I don't agree with, or I don't like what they're saying. I had this inner knowing where I was like, that almost doesn't matter. Like, I feel like even when somebody disagrees, like with the stuff that you guys are sharing, they're going to be compelled to come back because the place that you're coming from is beyond words, Mm. right? You're in this space of sharing your authenticity and truth. And that's the thing. Like, that's what brings people in, you know, is when you're following that path. And it's so much more powerful than these like logical things. Like people think that they're these logical beings. Again, somebody might listen to the podcast and be like, fuck these guys. (laughs) Right. And then suddenly they're listening to the next one. (laughs) It's irresistible to because, be around people who are yeah. like in their authenticity, they're fully self-expressed, they're sharing their truth. And it, it's actually really helped me in my own life to have, have that feeling of like, you know, you guys said some stuff from like, I don't know if I entirely agree with my buddies, you know, oh. but I was like, wow, but I'm just so compelled to keep listening even more than ever because I know how bold they're being and how like in their truth that they are. And it's just like back to the whole intuition. It's like beyond the logical mind, these things that compel us. So thank you guys. Like, it's just been, yeah, I just love the show. Our so. pleasure, man. Yeah, and that's, by the way, that's why the adoption papers haven't gotten fully through is because you don't, you don't agree with everything we say. <laughs> that's a prerequisite. Um, yeah, look, I, I think, look, uh, you look at all the great men and women in our history, it's people who didn't say what was popular, but they stood in their authentic truth. I honestly, I don't care how people show up. I don't. What I care about is if it's authentic to them. Like, I, I don't want to name names, but there's like a, a girl in our community, right? And her, na- and, sh- and her background is she was a dom, like a dominatrix in part of her life. Every time I'm around this woman, I am captivated by her. And usually like that would be like, whoa, you know, like, and not, not even from like a place of like sexuality, like of, of interest, because like that, that's a, a frame of, of life I just don't know anything about. But I was at a, like a little mastermind with like 20 people and we're all going around the room and she shared it like, like she went out for like a slice of pizza, right? Like, oh yeah, here's what I did. And, but she fucking owned it. And it was so authentic and beautiful. And I saw her again this weekend. I'm like, I'm like captivated by this person. And I'm, I'm again, not because of what she's doing because of how she shows up. So it's like, I love that more than anything. It's like sharing yourself authentically, whether you're depressed or you're sad or you're powerful Martin Luther King did not say the most popular things in his time. Gandhi did not say the most popular things in his time, but they stood up and stood for something and and took responsibility and ownership for sourcing something that people didn't even want to hear about. And I think that's fucking beautiful. Who cares who agrees? Trends change all the time. Things change all the time. Somebody needs to start a conversation for something new. We have a world that most people want to see going in a different direction, I believe. Somebody needs to have that conversation. Yeah. Even if it's completely illogical to be in this time, yoga 30 years ago is completely illogical. I live in San Diego. Trust me, it's the most logical fucking thing in the world out here. You know, and I'm standing right by yoga studio, by the way. Um, so it's like, you know, it's like, who knows, right? Somebody needs to start a conversation. And I, and I think people following their passion like Mark, I mean, that's a brand new conversation. I don't know, 20 years from now, we might be looking at Mark going like, can you believe that? Like he changed everything about motherhood. He changed everything about the way that kids are raised. And if you guys know like anything about Freakonomics, I won't go into the whole thing, but like, you know, the murder rate in America was like going through the roof in the nineties. And then they just like dropped off a cliff um, right after that when like everything was showing that like murder rates were out of control. Even all the movies in the early nineties were like war in the streets and stuff like that. 
Um, and that all came from, honestly, like Roe versus Wade. It came from abortion being legalized. And then 20 years later, there weren't a bunch of kids that people uh, didn't want to have. So they were being taken care of. And they proved this with like what was happening in, in Romania and all stuff. It's awesome to look at it because you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you, you just think it's because there's more cops in the streets in New York City. And it like had nothing to do with that at all. Mm. It had to do with like this trend in society. So it's like, you don't know what starting an idea or a conversation can do to change the trend of the future of society. And mm. Mark, like, honestly, like we might be sitting here 10, 15 years from now going like, can you fucking believe this shit? And I, and I imagine we both have companies that we're going to be sitting around going, you fucking believe this shit? Yeah, yeah mm. I really do. And also, let me bring it back for a second real quick. Because the other thing that I've been getting present to is like, thank you for that, because that's so true. And the other thing that I've really been like, just feeling is that every single person, whether you have some big purpose that you're fulfilling and you're going out there and doing something that people would consider inspiring, or like the homeless guy that I passed on my way to this office this morning. Like everybody is making such a big impact by being here one way or another. Like we're all affecting things in such a significant way that even the ripple effects of one human being who's just like doing their thing and would appear like a regular person by most people's standards, the way that they show up in the world, like the, even the ripple effects of that like is so, so, so significant in a way that's like, it's like so hard to quantify, you know? I mean, ayahuasca, when, when I did it, when I first asked her, like, how do I share and like, how do I impact the most amount of people? Mm. What she kept showing me over and over and over again was love your family. That's it. She didn't show me like, look, go teach them this or do that. She's like, just, love your family. And I like, I've gone all the way around and, and I think it's even to what you said. I just feel that when you are living at your highest and best self, Mm -hmm. and that means being incredible with the people that you surround yourself with and like loving on them and Mm -hmm. taking care of them and being there for them and showing compassion and empathy and, acknowledging and supporting and loving them, you shift the dynamic of the planet, not of the three, four people that you do that with. You literally shift everything in this world. And it's the reason that we attract certain people like yourselves in our lives. And it's the reason that I'm sure some of you listening out there, like people flock to you to chat with you about certain things. Like, the more you hone in on who you are and get rid of all the shit that you are not, you know, I, I'm just starting to like see more and more that that's really your only life's mission. You don't need to start a company that transforms, uh, you know, women pregnancy. You don't need to start a company that transforms a hundred million people's lives. Like just be that, be that for you. And then that light shines and it, it evolves all of us together. Um, really, yeah. And we all just do it in our own way. And not to take this too cosmic, but you know, whether I've had conversations with people who channel like extraterrestrial beings or I'm listening to Journey of Souls right now, the clear message that comes through is your job here is to follow your passion. And it's like that thing has been whispering in your ear for probably decades. And it just takes guts to go and take action on there. Even if you're not perfectly clear in the image, like Mark just had that idea. We just had an idea, right? It, 
it unveils itself as you walk the path. I always make the analogy of like, it's like when you're driving a car late at night, you only get the 50 yards of beam in front of you, but you don't take your foot off the gas every time you hit those 50 yards and question whether you should keep moving forward. You just trust that more road is going to be in front of you, even though you can't see it with your senses, right? That's faith. And we all drive in faith. So it's like drive your life that way. Just move in that direction and see what starts unraveling. I think that's where, where magic like becomes a default state. Um, and, and again, like I, every time I go look at certain spiritual contexts and where we're getting communion with like, you know, the other side, that's the message that comes through. And it's like, you're going to be so supported the moment you start doing that. You're going to stop feeling like you have to make it happen. And people will come in just like all these amazing special people that are in Mark's life right now that are just there to be like, I love that mission. I want to support that. Yeah. You know, and you like literally meet your soul family doing this stuff. So as a, as a segue from that, Mark, if there are people, and I'm sure there are, that want to support you and find out how to be a part of this mission, whether sharing it with their friends or being a part of the team, how can they uh, get in touch with you and find out more? Uh, did he freeze on us? At that key integral of moments? Well, his website, I posted it in the uh, Facebook Live, but it's expectful.com. Uh, you guys can go there. And yeah, I put it in the description as well. And I saw some people already said they're going to head over there and refer to people yeah. to it. But and uh, then, yeah. Uh, as far as Mark is concerned, I think we lost him. I don't know. I, I think if you reach out through the website um, and let him know that you, were off, you heard him on here, I'm sure he will uh, get a hold of you guys. And if not, um, I'll get the links and, and contact info from him and we'll share it on the, uh, on the podcast. All right, guys. Love you all. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next Have It All podcast. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Bye.